Welcome to the latest edition of the Giants Hangout Podcast, presented by Crestron, a proud partner of the New York Giants. Our weekly roundtable discussion as we break down the previous game and also look ahead to developments with the New York Giants. Lance Meadow, Russ Salzberg, Howard Cross with you as the Giants snapped a three-game skid, got back on the winning track, a very impressive win on the road against the Commanders, 31-19. to Very opportunistic. So the three themes that we're going to be focusing on today has to do with takeaways, number one. We'll get into Dami DeVito's strong play, and we'll also delve into the ability of the offense to produce explosive plays, which has also been something that had been a bit up and down throughout the course of this season. So, Howard, I want to start with you, and this goes back to some of the conversations we had in previous games. Actually, Russ and I were even bringing this up against the Dallas Cowboys, the fact that, if you remember, they got takeaways against the Cowboys, and they set themselves up on short fields. Unfortunately, we're not able to capitalize. Well, here you get six takeaways. But to me, the most important statistic is 24 points off of those six takeaways. And the point being, they took those takeaways and they translated it to points on the offensive end. It was true complementary football on full display. Well, yes, I think it was. I think there's a lot of things to say about the game. I think the Giants did a good job taking advantage of some opportunities. I think also they realized something that was going on during the game that, you know, maybe the fans at home didn't realize. Maybe the first game I've ever seen in history that didn't have an offensive holding penalty. <laughs> and right. Yeah, and once they figured that out, then you know they kind of it kind of helped them. You know, in the first part of the game, you saw it uh, play so the outside to Saquon. Uh, you, you you know you're like okay. Oh, no flag. Interesting. And they were doing the same thing on both sides. Once they figured out that's how they were calling the game, things started to get a little easier for them on the offensive side, uh, and it helped them out a lot. Um, as far as, you know, uh, Tommy goes and his play, he did a good job. I think he has still had a problem. And I think the offensive line still has a problem picking up the blitz a little bit. But outside of that, if they just played standard defense and try to drive back in zone, they let him up. Yeah, I, I thought, listen, uh, after it, had, nobody's having a pity party for us guys. But you know, it, it's kind of nice on a Monday morning to be talking about all these positives. The one thing that I was a little concerned of, because listen, kudos to everybody. You know, we touched on it. We've been lacking complimentary football, and we got complimentary football uh, yesterday. The one thing I was a little concerned with, uh, and you were on the si sideline, Howard, was it, it wasn't even the sacks. You know, part of it was Tommy's fault. Got to get rid of the ball faster. I, I think people alluded to that. What what bothered me early on, and again, I can't see what you're seeing, Howard. I thought, for example, the first time uh, Saquon touched the ball, people were on him four yards into the backfield before anything. And I'm saying, geez, that, that's like, it was almost like they knew the play was coming. Like, I don't know, but you tell me what you were seeing from down there. Because that well, was discouraging. Well, what I saw was uh, they ran the ball a little bit kind of in inside, tried to do some inside uh, counters and inside traps with us. That's the strength of their defense. And once you got the ball to the edges, those inside guys couldn't get over there fast enough to, you know, make a play or be effective in the play. I thought that was kind of like the, the would be the attacking moment of the game, you know, Offenses are called so differently now. In the old days, if you found something that could work or possibly work, you would just run it until they stopped it. This this day, they they do so many multiple things, trying to get the ball, as Lance says, stats, uh, explosive plays, trying to get the ball down the field. 
uh, and move and do different things that sometimes you, you, you get away from things that are working. Um, the interior guys are all three guys are kind of pro bowl caliber players. You run it at them and they're going to make plays on this. We you know you got a rookie at center and two guards that are trying to do their best to, to hold up in there. So if you pull one of those guys are coming right behind the pull guy and making a play, if you, if you don't run this basic, you know, what we call base plays where you double team up to the second level, they, they have the advantage. Yeah, to me, what was impressive about uh, Tommy DeVito, uh, especially in that first half, I mean, he's completing passes, and that defense is knowing they're not running the ball. Mm -hmm. You know, the Giants were not going to be running the ball. They What, they have minus one yards for the first half, I think it was, or or zero yards. Mm -hmm. One zero, yeah. Yeah, to Tommy, they're knowing this third-string quarterback – is going to be throwing a ball, and he did a heck of a job. I mean, there was some really bullet passes, on-the-money passes. Uh, you, you know, the, the kid showed a lot of courage and guts yesterday, and I got to say kudos to head coach Brian Dable because listening to everybody question him, I mean, he was asked this week, is he your starting quarterback, Tommy DeVito? Why? Does he give your team the best chance to win? Well, who's going to be the quarterback? You know, but the point was – Coach was saying, David was saying he was seeing improvement. He was seeing the energy in practice. And mm -hmm. you know what? The improvement came yesterday after a couple of games. The improvement came yesterday, and it was displayed pretty darn good. Yeah, I, like I said, don't don't overlook the fact that, again, if, when they played zone defense, they they haven't had any uh, pass rush presence since they left uh, the two two big guys left on the edge with a young and a, a sweat. So those two guys are gone. So they're, they're pass rush. I think they had one sack since that moment. When they yep. made, when they had plays or made plays in, in the passing game, meaning sacks, it was because there was blitzing and bringing extra players. A lot of times, you know, you know, unfortunately for for Tommy, uh, he he was like ready to throw the ball or or getting ready to throw the ball, but he didn't re realize where the blitz was coming from, and that's how they got to him. And that's what he was look. That's what he was faced with. Every time they would not blitz, it's like they were picked up. You know, you could double down on the two interior guys. The outside guys weren't much of a threat. They were down three, actually down their top three uh, pass rushers because two of them have been traded and when one kid is hurt. So that's kind of what, what got them kind of going and gave Tommy the opportunities. Tommy had almost a 707 kind of experience because when, when you're sitting back there blocking and no one's getting in your face, you can throw and you can find your guys. Yeah, James Smith-Williams is the third pass rusher, Howard, that you're referring to. He was out. And you look at David Mayo, the former Giants linebacker had two sacks. So your point is well taken about the blitz. Mm -hmm. David Mayo had three career sacks in his first eight plus seasons in the NFL. So when you bring pressure, it does wonders for all the mm -hmm. guys in reality and figuratively speaking. The both of you touched on two factors, which I think further makes the Giants win impressive. Number one, they absorb nine sacks. Mm -hmm. Normally, okay, and Howard, you can attest to this as a player. You give up nine sacks you're probably losing the football game. I mean, this was the first time in Giants history that their quarterback was sacked nine times and they still won the game. And that mm -hmm. doesn't tell you all you need to know. I don't know what does. The second thing is what Russ was talking about with the lack of a run game. They had eight carries for no yards at halftime. Mm -hmm. Saquon made up for all those struggles with a 36-yard run and a 31-yard run. I mean, he was responsible on two runs for pretty much all of their 91 rushing yards. So the point is, in the past, Howard, if you were to say they can't run the ball, they give up nine sacks, the game is non-competitive. That was not the case yesterday, though. 
I think, see, that's where stats fool you. Because when you think about things like that, you think about, like, if you can't run the ball, the runs are, are, are manipulated in a, in a lot of different ways. When you throw the ball to the back out of the backfield, it's basically a run, especially when he sure. comes out. He's running the bubble, bubble kind of bubble routes and, and wheel routes to the outside. He just didn't take the ball, and no one's really covering him. It's a run, almost, because they're just not covering him. It's an extended handoff in some cases. So that that's how he got the ball. Uh, the one pass out of field was a good pass, but the other the other plays were just dump passes outside where he caught the ball and just made made guys miss. So the, even though you're not taking the ball as a handoff in the backfield and you're dumping it down to your back right on the edge and he's running it, you're just getting him outside the defense. And like I said, uh, the, and I'm not beating on refs, positive or negative, the only crew I've ever seen and never had an offensive holding penalty, it's easier when you get on the outside and guys can – get a little extra cloth on and, and hold you a little bit. So when you get out there, you get a little extra freedom. Well, and that's why – go ahead, Russ. Yeah. No, no, I, no, I was just going to say also um, Brian Dable alluded to it in the um, – in in his post game, uh, and I thought he had a good game as well, uh, Wondell mm-hmm. Robinson, but he alluded to Robinson uh, on a big run by um, – by Saquon, it was Wandell who made it happen, and which which I you know I I didn't notice that as I'm watching it. Wandell made it happen with you know a, an initial cut or block or what, but I thought Wandell had a he got a, he had a great game you know catching ball he had a great game getting involved in because you know a guy that size you don't expect him to block you right <laughs> so he kind of shocked the guy and the guy kind of like oh wait a minute and he's kind of ch- changes his his line of sight and by the time he got his eyes back up you know Saquon was running by him. I also thought that Dable was giving Wandell credit for the wheel route, the touchdown play that Saquon mm-hmm. caught for 24 yards out and how Wandell cleared things out by drawing the attention of the Washington defense. It may mm-hmm. have been that as well. Either way, Wandell Robinson did things yesterday, which is, I think, what your point was, Russ, that don't necessarily always show up in the box score. And you need plays like that, too. You need the defense to respect Howard other guys that don't necessarily always have the football in their hands. And to me, that was made apparent because of what you were bringing up that I had mentioned in passing earlier, explosive plays. They had seven plays of 20-plus yards, two on the ground, five through the air. Wandell had one of them. Darius Slayton had two of them, including a touchdown. Saquon was involved as a receiver. You know, we're talking about multiple players chipping in, and then what happens, Howard, is – You're not going 10 plays, 90 yards, 13 plays, 95 yards. Hey, you could smirk all you want. You're going four plays. I love love the way you're avoiding the negative plays. I I love the way you explain the game without explaining the opponent. Look at who you're playing. They they are bad. They were super horrible on the back end. And Without a doubt. Bad, yeah. you're super bad well, but, but you're supposed to take advantage of that, Howard. That's my point. They actually got a chance to. So that's my point. Yeah, That's exactly my point. As long as they weren't blitzing, when they didn't blitz, they knew, which again, I'm still confused why Rivera didn't do it. He could have blitzed every down. He should have blitzed every down, but he just would sit back there and was like, okay, guys, you got on this, this play. I'm like, <laughs> and I just started laughing. I'm like, this is amazing. Uh, once once the Giants figured, figured out how to get the ball to the edge, running the ball, that's when Saquon started like having explosive plays. Like you're on the edge and like they're literally not saying anything and guys can like, you know, give a little extra help and off you go. And I'm like, wow, that's incredible. Now they're running back, had some, some pretty meaty plays up the middle, but yep. it's 
because they had they they kept kept the ball a couple times and kept moving it. But their quarterback, he was uh, you know, he was in the, he was in a giving spirit. He was throwing the ball right to the guys. They dropped three interceptions to hit guys right in the chest. Yeah. <laughs> You know, they did. It was like right in the chest. It shocked them. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think Pinnock maybe was Pinnock. Pinnock I, yep. I get like right. Yeah, right. I mean, it was like bang. You know, that was like gift wrap. That was Hanukkah and Christmas, Thanksgiving <laughs> all in one. So like yeah. he, their, their quarterback for whatever reason was like after throwing for three hundred a game, he he just struggled. And I and I also think that you know the styles make fights, uh, so to so to speak. And the Giants kind of have. You know, Washington's, they're just not a good match. Washington's not a good match. So they, they don't understand a Wink's defense. They, they don't know how to pick up the blitzes. They don't know where guys are on the field. And it, it just confuses them, and they can't pick it up. And, I, I you know, and with when you start getting confused and you get behind and they can keep coming after you, it makes it for a hard game for them. Speaking of Wink's defense, I mean, he's got his first double-digit sack guy in Kayvon Thibodeau. And, and let me tell you, we have been seeing it gradual and gradual each week. Mm -hmm. uh, Kayvon is emerging as a real force and, and and everything that he was built up to be. I mean, he is playing some kind of football, a ton of pressures. I mean, he's getting after it big time. Yeah, he, he's the benefactor of being, you know, kind of on the side with, with Dex. When Dex is having a game like he had that, you know, uh, I don't know what the box scores are like, but he was making tackles, uh, crushing guys, knocking guys off the ball. Sometimes he'd be up field so far, so quick, it would change the whole offensive play. So he's 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 getting the benefactor of being there, and, and they have to have so much attention on, on Dexter. And it'll be some games, you know, in the future where Dex is going to be the most dominant player. It won't be in sacks and stuff, but it will create opportunities for everybody around him. Wink has said on more than one occasion that guy, a guy that big as Dex is, should not be as athletic as he is. That's how how that's about the highest praise I think uh, Wink could give him. He is definitely a dancing bear. He can get around a lot. That's pretty impressive. And Kayvon also was very solid in stopping the run too, which I think mm -hmm. he deserves credit. As much as he has been getting after the quarterback, he also has made some really nice, well disciplined stops in the trenches to aid Dexter Lawrence in limiting the opponent's ability to pound the football. And I don't think that necessarily is something that people talk about when they bring Kayvon Thibodeau up. And Howard, you could say this from seeing players evolve and develop over time that the good pass rushers also can stop the run in route to the football or do that as compliments to their ability to get after the QB. I think he's he learning this technique and being able to set the edge, as people would say. When you set the edge and cause the play to go back inside, if the back turns and tries to cut back away from you, it, it gives you an opportunity to make a tackle from the backside. If he's running directly at you, he, he can't bounce it because you've got the you got your guy up the field on the edge and giving guys like Dex and, and the interior guys, like uh, uh McFadden, a chance to make tackles from inside out. So that, those are the plays that, that, mean, that mean the most. Uh, and – they're not able to run to the far side of the field because you got your hard ward over there who's setting the edge on the other side. So that's, that was the good thing in the game that they kept the guys between the tackles, so to speak. And it made it a lot easier for them to get guys down and you could rally to the ball that way. And on that topic, as much as the six takeaways were great, if it wasn't for that pass rush and some of the hits on Sam Howell, I don't know if they get as many takeaways because if you go back, I mean, the both of you were mentioning it was, 
the season of giving for Sam Howell because he laid out the red carpet treatment, it seemed, for the Giants' defense with all the takeaways. But if you go back and you look at a number of those plays, it was a product of they got to Howell. They forced him not to get enough mustard on the throw on some of those, and that set up some really easy center fielders getting underneath the baseball type of interceptions if you go back I, I, I think that was like later in the game that they they, they, they start sacking they didn't really sack him in the first half they didn't really hit him in the first half he threw his first interception in the first half and he had well, he overthrew yeah he yeah, overthrew on that yeah, one then, yeah. then the other two plays were, were punch out fumbles and then in the second half when they got behind and they start he's trying to figure things out he you know he was running to his side not throwing it deep enough or he was just not besides misjudging i mean dex was in, in his face a few times never really got a hit on him but once they started to hit him is when he got a couple of those like floaters you're talking about yeah the darnay holmes interception was a floater and so was the isaiah simmons that yeah. sealed so, it with the pick yeah. six so that's that's what i essentially was referring to okay i also i, I want to piggyback off of a point you made and Howard, I'm completely with you. I'm not battling you on this. I just want to make sure it's clear. Okay. No, no. You were bringing up the fact that you have to look at the caliber of the opponent, right? Mm -hmm. I'm quoting you correctly. I'm with you. I just, I want to go back to what Russ and I were bringing up last week when we were talking about the Cowboys. It wasn't the fact that you expect the Giants to score 30 points. You've got to be reasonable. It's the fact that when you get to the 12-yard line, mm -hmm. you have to take advantage when you're going up against a much more talented team. and those things on the execution level were showing up more consistently against Washington yesterday, which, to your point, does not pose the same challenge as the Dallas Cowboys. I don't think anybody's naive. We all understand that. But I would say in the NFL, if you go up against a team that is of equal value to you or lesser value, you have to be able to prove that you can capitalize on that. And that's what the Giants did yesterday. Okay, I'll, I'll give you that one. I, I won't. I won't challenge. Oh, you. look at this! This yeah. is a moment on the Giants' hat. I will let you Wait know. Wait a minute! Later. I hope everybody I will, watching and listening I will is let taking you know this into why, consideration. I will, I will let you know later why you're like, like I'm like, okay, I'm not going to go through the whole. I I can do the numbers for you and prove where you're like you're not seeing it, but I, I understand. Okay. <laughs> All right, I'll take that as a little headway. Sometimes you have to like go, okay, you know, if that's what you want, that's, if that's the angle you're looking for, I like it, but that's not what kind of was happening. But well, well I, I think regardless <laughs> whether it's, it's a better opponent or a lesser opponent, you have to take advantage of what's in front of you if you have the opportunity. I don't care if it's the Dallas Cowboys, right. the Washington yeah. Commanders, or, or, or San Francisco 49ers. If it's there, you have to do something about it. And that's how you give yourself a better chance of winning the game. And yesterday, the Giants did that. So kudos to the Giants yeah. as they move forward. Listen, it's Thanksgiving week. It's a feel-good time for the Giants. Good for them. I mean, a lot of – they haven't had a lot of feel-good feelings this season. And you know what? That Yesterday was a really feel-good moment for everybody involved. It was a good team victory. Yeah, they, they had a great victory. I thought I thought they did a good job. I thought they they hung in there and they made it. You know, they made it through. Uh, even when things weren't <laughs> totally great, uh, they they were fighting, scrappy. They they had a good game, had great attitude, great energy the entire time. And you know, when plays were available to them, they they made them. That that's the biggest thing I said. And like 
the, the thing I asked for last week said, you know, I don't care about any victories or anything going forward. I just like to see a little more improvement. And you saw a lot of improvement in the game. And that said, we still had to be on the edge of our seats in the last <laughs> minute of the game. What? No, this ain't going to happen. No, this ain't going <laughs> to happen. Fortunately, it didn't happen. Absolutely. They had, they had like I said, improvement all the way around. They closed it out. Well, it's never easy under the circumstances, Russ. That would be my response because you're right. Sam Howell and company got the ball back. And if it wasn't for Isaiah Simmons pick six, I don't know whether we'd be having this conversation because as good as they played and as opportunistic as they were, they were still within striking distance because Washington was able to move the football. And guys, this is what's also amazing about how powerful takeaways could be and shortening the field. Washington outgained the Giants in total yards. They outgained them in rushing yards. They outgained them in sacks. They outgained them in first downs. And they dominated time of possession. And despite all of that, to Russ's point, the Giants, they found a way to win. And that's why when you take the ball away, you can overcome the lopsidedness of those other areas. Because to me, and this is the number that really jumps out, Washington had 12 legitimate possessions in the game yesterday. Six of them, guys, resulted in turnovers. So you're the Washington offense. If I'm Ron Rivera and I'm Eric Bieniemy, I'm going back to the film and I'm saying, to use a baseball analogy, we were supposed to get 12 at-bats. We wound up getting only six mm -hmm. because basically Major League Baseball took away half of our at-bats. I mean, that's what the Giants did. And they said, go try to win this game at 50% at-bats. That's well, what the Giants did to the commanders. Well, what have we been saying for a long time? You know, a failure to come up with a big play when it was needed. Yesterday, they came up, the Giants came up with big plays darn near every time it was needed. They rose to the occasion. They did a great job. I, I like I said again, taking taking advantage of your opportunities is is a great way to to win a game and seeing improvement all around the board. Uh, you know, a little little sketchy with the special team still, but uh, they're going to get to that part too. I'm, I'm assuming. And as far as the explosive plays are concerned, I think also a nice confidence boost for Tommy DeVito, who has only had two starts under his belt and. When you're able to get the ball out into open space and have your playmakers do some of the heavy lifting, it takes the pressure off of you to have to once again methodically move the ball up and down the field. And to me, that was at least noticeable throughout the course of the game. I, I don't, I don't, excuse me a second, Howard. I don't think it's so much just Tommy DeVito feeling good. I think what's equally as important is his teammates feeling good about Tommy DeVito. That's that's a wonderful feeling when your peers are saying, okay, kid, yeah, you got something. We're mm -hmm. going to stand behind you. Let's do this together. I think that we got to see that yesterday. You got to see it on a sideline. I mean, no pun intended. It was a feel-good moment all the way around yesterday. All parties concerned regarding the Big Blue. Yeah, like I said, it's a, while they weren't blitzing, they weren't they didn't, were weren't able to establish any kind of pressure, any kind of any kind of movement. They they played like basic coverages in, in the back end, and he just lit them up. I mean, if you give a guy time, any uh, uh, Devito was a, was a benefactor of like having time and, and open space for guys to get the ball. I, I appreciate that he was able to make he was able to sit in there and not looking at any color flashes and play. And he you know threw it right to our guys. It wasn't like he was having play balls in jeopardy when he was throwing them. It worked out perfectly. And they were able to, once again, finish drives, put points on the board. Because even if you take away the Isaiah Simmons touchdown, 
you're talking about an offense that still produced 24 points. And guys, that's been unheard of this season. I mean, it's hard to believe that we're now 11 games into the season and the Giants have only scored more than 20 points twice in 11 games. It was this game and the Arizona game. And remember, in the Arizona game, it happened in the span of two quarters in the second half. So mm-hmm. this was quite a confidence booster achievement for the offense, Russ, piggybacking off of what you said. And then the other element in play is, think about this. This was a defense that had surrendered nearly 1,000 total yards in the last two games combined. I'm taking the Raiders and the Cowboys. Now, Washington had over 400 total yards of offense, but when you get six takeaways, and I know one came on special teams, Mm -hmm. at least it gives you the feeling that you're capable of making stops and not have the opposition run over you and find the end zone left and right, which was happening against the Cowboys. So I think Russ's point is well taken. It was a feel-good moment for all three facets because they executed Howard to a mm-hmm. point that we had not seen really over the last two weeks. Well, like I said, again, took it, taking advantage of opportunities. They, they did a great job. I was impressed with the fact they were able to close it out. Uh, I knew we were sitting on the edge of our seats a little bit, as Russ said, but they were able to close it out. And begin, you know, that's thanks a little bit to the commanders as well. And they were they were struggling, and you know, we took advantage of the struggles. Well, technically, right. you were you were standing on the edge. Weren't you? You weren't yeah, sitting yeah, on the edge absolutely. if we're being politically correct on this program, I, right? I said I said before the game, I said we're gonna see which team has the worst, you know, has the has the worst losses. And I explained how the, the uh commanders had lost two of their pass rushers, their big time uh, receiving back was out, and a couple other linemen had shuffled around. So they had some losses, and the Giants had a few losses themselves going into the game. I said, but right now it looks like the commanders have more losses than the Giants, so maybe the Giants can get a win today. And, that, and it, it turned out that that's how it worked out. <laughs> and then as far as the standings are concerned, the Giants get their second win in the division. We're not looking ahead and we're not talking playoffs. That's not the point of this. But this is a team, Howard, that you were referencing that has had the number of the commanders as of late. It's mm-hmm. kind of interesting when, guys, you look at the division. The Eagles and the Cowboys have had the Giants number. They've dominated in recent history. But – 11 meetings now between the Giants and the Commanders. The Giants have eight wins. They have two losses. They have one tie. There's something about this matchup in which, and we're talking about multiple coaches, multiple coordinators, different personnel. This is not one lengthy run where it's the same thing. And that is also unusual when you take a look at that and how the Giants just continue to find ways to beat the commanders, regardless of also where the game is being played, too. I remember when I came into the league, we used to beat Washington all the time, but we couldn't beat the Eagles. We beat the Cowboys, but for whatever reason, we just couldn't find a way to beat the Eagles. And Washington always beat the Eagles. It was just a weird, like I said, the house make fights. It's just weird I, sometimes how it works out. I, I agree with that. You, you know, <laughs> it almost is look, the, the styles make fights. I totally agree with, but you know, sometimes there is no rhyme or reason. It just, mm-hmm. like you say, one guy can beat one guy. It's like fighters. One fighter can beat this guy, but he can't beat the other guy. And the other guy knocks him out. That's yeah. just, that's just the way it goes. I, I, mm-hmm. I think it goes in streaks and bunches. It can last for years, but then yeah. it gets turned around. Then it's flipped. It, I, flips, I don't read too it, much it, into that. It flips for a long time when it flips. It goes like right. the other side. It's really, you know, the, the Giants, uh, we beat, I think I was on the air when we beat the Eagles 
every game for like uh, eight or nine, eighty nine appearances. And it was like, I'm like, wow, like, look, we've won, beat them eight times in a row. You just start thinking about things like that, but it's nothing you can, you know, it's nothing you're doing personally other than playing the team. You have a little more confidence against that team as well because you go and you think, well, at least we're going to get a win right here. That's kind of how you go into it. And it's kind of funny that's, that they went into the game looking at it like that and they won. Now, looking ahead, because I, I think this is what, Howard, you were alluding to in terms of style of fights and matchups. They have a New England team coming mm -hmm. in next week. This is the last game before the bye. And this is another team, much like the Commanders, that has its fair share of issues, has struggled to score points. Mm -hmm. Mac Jones has been turnover prone. I think what you're looking for now out of the Giants is consistency from one game to another. On the flip side of what we saw right between the Raiders and the Cowboys, meaning the things that apply to this win, I would argue it should be expected. That could be a reasonable expectation that it could show up again oh, against okay. a New England team. Okay. Okay. Oh, now you're singing my music. All right. We're on the same page. I don't no, want to bring you to the dark we're, side. We're, Howard. We're, okay? we're, not, we're not even close. You're we're not, not even close. Okay. Well, close. why why is it too much to ask for them to try to capitalize who against a new play, Who are you playing against? You're playing against Bill Belichick. I understand where you're going okay. with this. Do, 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 quarter, do rookie quarterbacks have any success against Belichick? No, they've had a very tough track record. Absolutely. So why are you saying out loud that, that oh we should expect them to no, no but but I was talking well I was talking about more from a defensive perspective. Hold on, what does that have to do with the defense? Well, well, defense will be able it's, it's gonna see which defense can score the most points maybe in the game. But the, like Belichick gives rookie quarterbacks an extremely hard time. And in a game where we where we as as the Giants showed that we were having problem with the blitz and certain certain you know setups, we're gonna see a lot of that this coming week. We're gonna see a ton of it. And yeah. you know. Hopefully Tommy keeps his feet. Hope Tomfleet he can cover himself and, and protect the ball. But that's what we're going to be looking at. We're going to be looking at an offensive line that's going to be challenged to the highest level of challenges because they're going to watch the tape. We're like, oh, just blitz them, and they're going to send different blitzes and different structure blitzes over and over and over and over again. And the Giants are going to have to find a way to. It might be a a three six game. Uh, it might be it might be this might be determined by who has a better punt team and who whose punter is doing best. Uh, like the yeah, and like, and we have had some, you know, show some some flaws in our punt protection, and they're going to be they're going to be focused on that. So it's going to be a lot of stuff that's going to be tested in this game coming up. Uh, we should, in theory, we should win. We we should have we should have the advantage, but we have some flaws, and they're going to, you know, unlike other teams that will, you know, go away from from tendencies, he will attack the tendencies the, the entire time. Yeah, yeah, Howard and Lance, I I, I agree with with. That logic, that thinking, Howard, because I was saying to myself after the game and say, okay, they got the Patriots coming in. Patriots mm -hmm. have their woes, but it's Bill Belichick, and but it's a, a rookie. It's not mm -hmm. just a rookie quarterback. It's an undrafted, you know, practice squad quarterback. But having said that, if nothing else, Howard, I, I think you would agree, if nothing else, Tommy's confidence, yeah. his, his comfort level has to be better well, it has to be more improved than it was going into yesterday's game. So I think in that respect, yeah, like I'm not saying he's going to have a banner game. He's not going to throw another three I touchdown passes, but I, I, I think he will be more comfortable and his teammates will be more comfortable around him. 
Absolutely. I think everybody will be comfortable around him. But, you know, again, realize what you're playing against and, and what's what's happening. So I, my expectations is to see a low scoring game and a, and a lot a big defensive battle between the two. And once again, I'm not expecting it to be an offensive clinic. In fairness, though, Sam Howell, and I know technically he's not a rookie, but the commanders did beat the Patriots not too long ago. And Howell is a starter for the first time in his career this year in terms of an entire season. And they wound up winning that game. Not saying he put up five touchdowns, but they did find a way to win. And they did it because they got a key turnover off of Mac Jones late. And we saw he has problems with that. We don't know who's going to start. Remember, Bailey Zappi replaced Mac Jones late in the game in Germany. It's possible we don't see Mac Jones. But I think it's an attractive matchup for the Giants defense to maybe accomplish some of the things that we saw against Washington. One other thing that I want to touch on, which I think falls into that category, you had alluded to it earlier, Howard, as an extension to the run game. Saquon was highlighted as a receiver, mm-hmm. probably more than we had seen in quite some time yesterday. Probably got to go back to really his rookie year when he had 92 catches. Mm-hmm. And that element seems to give the offense a little bit more of a push and something else that the defense needs to focus. I just, I wonder if what they saw yesterday, and I know you're going to tell me it's matchup based and there were no holding calls and the edge was very attractive. I get all that, but it's a facet that perhaps the giants may want to tap into a little bit more often moving forward, because if you can't run the ball the conventional way, we know you get Saquon out in open space. What's the difference, Howard, if you get six yards through the air or you get six yards on the ground? As you were mentioning, they're pretty much equivalent. They are equivalent, but again, you have to think about how the game flow works. Like when the blitz was happening, Saquon was in trying to help protect on the blitz. When the blitz wasn't happening, he was able to check out and slide sure. and do some of those routes. And that's what made him an attractive uh, option out there when you throw the ball. If, like I said, no blitz, he's he's free to roam and you can give him the ball in, in open space. Blitz, he's standing to help just like everybody else to block. And like I said, we'll see whether or not they can piggyback off of that and carry that over. But I, I do think it's a strong part of this offense because of Saquon's abilities. I mean, Howard, it was quite some time since we saw him even score two touchdowns through the air in the same game. Well, it's been quite some time, Lance, it's been quite some time since anybody scored two touchdowns in a game. Absolutely, yes. But, but, you know, I also think that, listen, if if Saquon uh, has the ability to run the ball, that also makes the point of him being able to catch the ball, makes it that much more dangerous as an option because now, now they don't know what to do. That, to me, like I brought that up earlier, they had eight carries for zero yards. We were talking about it in the first half. So to me, that was remarkable what Tommy DeVito was able to do because they had to know this kid was going to pass the ball and he was making the connections. Okay. I'll, I'll go with that. <laughs> I'm not going to argue that. I could explain it, but I'll go with that. I like that. Wow. I mean, Howard, I'm, I'm a little surprised here that you're holding back on us today. I feel like I, we're being I, cheated. I, 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 I we're being cheated I, I, on the I, Giants I, hangout. This is not listen, fair. Listen, I'm explaining explain this to you. If well, I tell you what it is, and you're like, you got, you keep telling me, like, okay, it's the stats. I'm like, okay, Saquon's uh, ability to, to catch the ball out of the backfield is because you hand you you hand it off to him. They overcommit to the run to make sure he can't get out. You hand it off to him, overcommit to the run so he can't get out. Fake it to him. They've overcommitted to the run. He runs by them, and you just dump it to him. 
He's behind them. He gives them the ball. It's a big play. That's what it looks like. They're overcommitting to the run when they say DeVito is the quarterback. There is no other option for running. There is no Daniel Jones in there. So the quarterback runs out. Tyrod Taylor's not in the game. The quarterback runs out. It is it is DeVito and Saquon. Focus on Saquon. Make sure he doesn't beat you. And when you focus on him and you're trying to stop him from running and you fake it to him and everybody overcommits and he gets by you, it's a foot race. Yeah, well, you know, the, you're watching it in the game. That's what that's what's happening. The, that's the, what I'm saying. Like, not that I'm not saying that you guys. I'm like, I get what you're saying, what you're what you're what you're looking at, but you got to kind of understand why they're doing what they're doing, and that that makes it easier for me to like when I'm watching it. Like, I was calling the plays from the sideline, and everybody was like laughing. I'm like, so here's I was like, all right, here we go. They're really gonna do this. And like, I can see the blitz is coming. Like, they're gonna blitz off the right edge. I'm like, hopefully he sees it. That the, the, the receiver one time he threw the ball over the receiver's head because he thought the receiver was going to keep going, but the receiver was, was doing the, the outbreak from the blitz. So there's things they're, they're still working on and trying to get to. By the time he gets to all of them, Tyrod will be back. So that that's going to be the other thing. So it's going to be interesting to see. You know, the, the, the one thing you said, Howard, that I totally agree with, it doesn't matter, you know, if, if Saquon is taking a handoff or mm-hmm. it's just a short outlet pass. And that's some of the things that I always laugh about when you look at um, the yardage for quarterbacks, they'll say he threw for 300 or 400 yards and 150 of them came on little out passes that guys ran for 30 and 40 yards. That's mm-hmm. the, yeah, it, it, it looks in the stat as a 30 yard or 40 yard touchdown uh, completion, but that's not really the case. The case was the catch and run. So I agree with you on that, Howard. Like, you, you got to see things like they try to run the delayed handoff a couple of times and it was a delayed handoff to Saquon. He got crushed in the backfield every time they did it. Because why? All eyes are on two sets. Like, okay, well, if you're gonna keep your eyes on, him, let's put him out on the edge and see if you can if you can keep up with him. And that's what changed the, that's what changed the game for them in the run game. Well, Russ, you're referring to yardage after the catch, and sometimes yeah. it's a it's a 50 yard bomb down the field, or it could be a five yard pass, and then the running back exactly. and the receiver. Yeah, a lot more no, yardage. No, yeah. no, that that just goes to what Howard said earlier. I don't care if Saquon's kept, uh, getting a handoff. Or, or of, you know, uh, a two-yard pass. Mm-hmm. Having the ball in his hands makes him and the Giants that much more dangerous. That's all. Sure. Yeah, yeah. and the numbers add up the same, which was my point. It right. doesn't matter what classification you put no, it in. But absolutely. I just want our viewers and our listeners to understand that Howard apparently is going to be sitting right next to Mike Kafka this week since he knows the offense so well and knows all the plays. So you're not going to be reporting from the sideline this week, right? No. You're going to be right in the booth I, the plays, I, 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 yeah. call the, I call the plays of the offense. I call the plays of the defense. I can see some of the stuff that's happening and you, and you start to understand it because again, it's, it's not rocket science when you start to see things like unfold in the game. Like the no holding thing was like amazing. I'm like, I wonder how long it's going to take them to figure that out. And like they, once they start, we were talking about it on the air the entire game. Like Bob Papa must have mentioned it seven times. Like I've never seen a game where there's no offensive holding. Like, yeah, like, oh, you're so right. They're like, let's go to the edges. Let's see what happens. They start going to the edge. Like it happened to us a couple of times. They would run to the edge. If 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 they if they could just get a little leverage, they would tackle the outside guy. And if everybody had to run over to make the play on the outside, but they would tackle the, the, the guy who was setting the edge and then let the play go. I was like, interesting. So it's just some crews do things differently. And you got to know what you're looking at when you're, when you're working with a crew. So before we wrap up, 
Mike Kafka and Wink Martindale should be concerned. What about Thomas McGahee? Do you have any plans on calling special teams plays, or is he I call, safe? I, I, I yeah. call the plays on the de- uh, offense and defense on both teams when you're watching the game. Sometimes it, 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 I think I think you're watching the game and you're doing the stats. I'm watching the game like, okay, the safety just rolled up. That guy's coming. Like you're like you're watching it and you're hoping that that the team that's playing that your either team is picking it up fast enough. You know, we, you can see they, they oh he he looks like he's blitzing like the safety's back. He's not blitzing because he, if he's if he blitzes, there's no one to cover. <laughs> so like you see things like okay, you're hoping that they're they're picking it up as well. That's just football and with the way we watch it. That's right, not so I'm adding Ron Rivera and Eric Bieniemy <laughs> and Jack Del Rio should be just as concerned then apparently as uh, the Giants coaching staff. And just to clarify, I'm not writing down stats i'm using stats as a complimentary piece to what i'm also visually and seeing i I understand i know no numbers on this program we can't (laughs) use any numbers to back up our observations it's all meaningless numbers most of it is most of it is when you're watching okay yeah we're playing right now we're 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 struggling right now so a lot of stuff is like like it's good to have numbers we we like six turnovers were awesome but Oh, so check, they were, check. They were, Six takeaways is allowed. That's they, they, they that threw, one. They threw the ball. Can I press my luck? What's we another statistic? We should have had. We should have had nine takeaways. I think I said they hit us nine times with the ball. <laughs> they hit us with. They hit us with the ball. Hey, hey, the best stat from yesterday: thirty-one nineteen. The final yes. score. The, the W is always right. the best stat. And you look in the column today. It's instead of it's a two and nine, it's three and eight. Those yep. are the best stats from the weekend. That's, that's a great stat for the weekend. There you go. And it's a good place to wrap up our discussion as we now spend the next seven days compiling more stats to bring you in the discussion in the wake of the Patriots game against the Giants next week. Oh, are you kidding me? Don't tease me like that, Howard. Don't tease me. Are you kidding me? You put me up to the challenge. I will absolutely deliver. It will be a mathematical equation next week. I promise you. I will give you numbers till you're blue in the face. I got do my calculator. I'm ready. Bear. Yes, <laughs> do not poke the bear. All right. That is going to wrap up the Giants Hangout podcast. It's presented by Crestron, a proud partner of the New York Giants. Our weekly roundtable discussion, we recap the previous game. We look ahead. Lance Meadow, Russ Salzburg, Howard anti-cross numbers as we <laughs> move forward here on the Giants Hangout. You can stay locked to Giants.com, the mobile app, as well as your favorite podcast platform. We'll speak to you next week. Have a good one.